All right, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Parker Kane. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Upbeat. I share a lot of motivational stuff and info on social media, music, and entertainment. But I will also be sharing my personal experiences and interviewing all kinds of other people for their stories and their experiences, finding and pursuing what they really love to do. Let's get into it. Hey guys, this is Upbeat. I'm your host, Parker Kane. Thank you for being here and for listening in. I appreciate it. And I hope you had a really good three-day weekend as it was a longer weekend for most of us because of Labor Day. So, And actually, if you're listening to this on the day it's releasing, then it's Labor Day. So happy Labor Day to you and to everyone. I hope you've all been able to do the things you really needed to do to really actually recharge yourselves and amp yourselves up again and bring yourself back to 100%. You know, that's what I've been working on. I've been relaxing a lot more than usual, which I've been enjoying. And then I went to the fair with some friends. I went to the East Idaho State Fair that's open now and up and rolling through next weekend. It's always a blast going there. It's one of the best in the nation. So if you ever get the opportunity, definitely jump on that opportunity and check out that fair. I know you won't regret it. But anyway, I hope you've all been able to do the things you really needed, whether that's relaxing, catching up on things, eating a bunch of really good food, being with your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever it is, I hope you were able to accomplish it this weekend and that you've had an amazing Labor Day weekend. But I'm glad you're here with me now on Upbeat with Parker Kane, and I'm ready to get into this episode. It's an awesome one where I interview Lindsay Preston from Texas. She's a multi-certified life coach and she brings a ton of value. So I know you're going to love it. Let's get into it. I'm in the studio right now with Lindsay Preston uh, out of Texas. Lindsay, thank you for being here with me. Thanks for having me, Parker. And I just love your name. It's almost like a superhero name, Parker Kane. I love that. And I love your podcast. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> for the listeners who might not know uh, who you are or what it is you do, could you just kind of briefly break that down for everyone listening? Yeah. So I am a multi-certified life coach. As many of you know, if you know the coaching industry, it's not regulated. You don't have to be certified, but it was important for me to go and get some sort of certification. I do have a background in psychology. I went to TCU here in Texas and I have a BS in that. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I do. And I focus on goal-getting, fear-facing women. So basically women who are ambitious and aren't afraid to look at some of the crap that's holding them back from success. And I have some online courses and some services that I take them through in a process and I help women all over the world um, just learn how to become the most resilient and best versions of themselves. Awesome. Sounds like you are up to a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so did you ever like originally plan for this or see yourself here or what were your passions as a little kid? Like where did you originally want to go? Yeah, so I always loved analyzing people and thinking kind of beyond just the day-to-day -day stuff of what's their motivation or why are they acting like this and really just psychoanalyzing them. But I didn't know that that was what I was doing. And I ended up taking an intro to psych class when I was in college because I just didn't know what I was going to major in. And I found that I got the highest grade in the class. I was in like a lecture hall and she had our grades posted at the ends by student ID. And when I realized I made the highest grade, I thought, well, this has just been so fun for me. I never felt like I studied and I knew I was on to something with that. And so I followed that and I ended up majoring in psychology, like I said. 
And then um, from there, I thought I'd become a counselor and I would do that for the rest of my life. But after college, I was tired of being broke and I was ready to make some money and get some life experiences before I went into counseling. Um, and I went to human resources for a few years just to, again, make money. And I found some satisfaction from that, but it just wasn't my it. And so I ended up taking a side job where I was teaching dance um, just to kind of fill the gap of what this it thing was. I wanted something deeper in my career. I just felt really bored. And that wasn't it. And I then ended up having my daughter, stayed at home with her. And then um, her father and I ended up splitting up. And I know, Parker, you know some of this story a little bit, but um, he ended up having a double life with another woman. And I had to uncover all of that. So by the time I was 28, I had a two-year-old on my hip and I had no job and no money. And I Finally looked in the mirror and thought, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Um, not only career-wise, but there were obviously some deeper things that I needed to tackle. I ended up hiring a life coach out of that because I had gone to therapy for about a year suspecting that my partner was cheating on me. Um, and she just told me that I was catastrophizing and I had anxiety when the reality was it was so much worse than I thought. And so I just kind of had a bitter taste in my mouth about counseling and ended up trying coaching, even though I thought it was wacky and weird. Um, but I loved it. It was action oriented. I was getting a lot of awareness and depth and I was learning my strengths and my values and all the things that were holding me back. And I just felt invigorated by it. And so after a few weeks of coaching, I just thought this is what I've always wanted to do. I just didn't know existed and then ended up becoming certified and starting my coaching practice. And that was about um, five, six years ago. Dang, so fairly recent. I guess when you started doing this, you felt so much more free. Sorry, maybe I missed it, but when you were uh, married and kind of in that struggle, were you teaching dance at that time? I had stopped it all and I was just a stay, well, not just a, but I was a stay-at-home mom. So yeah, I left my HR career, I left my dance studio and was just there to focus on my family. So was there something that was just not right when you were a stay-at-home mom and you just had to get out and do more? I mean, there was, but it's so tricky because at that time, I felt something was really off in my relationship. And so I was focused there and thinking, well, there's something off here. I don't know if it's me, if it's us, if it's him, what is it? And so I was kind of forced to figure it out. Um, had everything gone well in the relationship, I would have, I think, discovered at that time too that I needed to do more than just be a stay-at-home mom. But at the time, I was totally in of being a mom and just continuing to have babies and supporting my then partner and letting him rock his career. And I look back and think, gosh, that would have been so wrong for me in so many ways. But I was willing to kind of give up everything, in essence, um, for this what I thought was this perfect life. It's crazy how life works, isn't it? <laughs> it so is. It just leads you through all these all these pathways that you don't necessarily see coming. Uh, but so you're where you are now, you're a life coach. Were those some of the biggest roadblocks you had to go through to get there? Or were there some other like difficult roadblocks that maybe anyone pursuing the same path can expect to experience? Yeah. So obviously the biggest roadblocks at first were just the mindset stuff of not only going through my own mindset stuff that I needed to go through, especially to have a healthy relationship, but also to put myself out there as this life coach. I mean, 
even today, it's more uh, normalized, but it's still something that a lot of people think, what a wacky and weird profession and it lacks credibility because I thought that too. I mean, I totally get it. And um, I was just very conditioned from my parents and society that you go and you get a stable corporate job and that's what you do. And we don't really talk about our feelings and we don't do those kinds of things. And to go against that, oh my goodness. I mean, there were so many times that I just, um, my body got sick. Um, There were times I remember the first time I got um, 100 likes on Facebook for something, I went into the bathroom and threw up because it was just like, oh my gosh, all these people are seeing this, that I'm doing this. And yeah, so it's just been the mindset drama that's been the biggest thing. Obviously, too, since I was a single mom starting out, the financial piece and working in the day and then taking client calls at night. And then I launched a podcast during this time. And Um, I had my daughter and I was dating my husband. It was just a lot to manage, but I was so excited about coaching and I was so excited that I felt like I'd found my it, that um, despite it being really long days, despite it being hard mindset wise, I was able to just keep going. That's awesome. And I think you shared a lot just now with what you said that's so relatable to almost everyone out there. Uh, You know, they have ideas that other people think are crazy or they're stuck in a routine of exactly what they're told to do their whole lives and it's hard to imagine something outside of that. But with with life coaching, what's the biggest stereotype in your opinion or, or myth about life coaching that just isn't true? Well, the biggest one I think that irks me is that it's not that people aren't qualified. Um, and I get it. I mean, because I see some people who kind of put up the front of, oh, yeah, I'm a life coach now. And I think, oh, goodness, no, honey, like you need to hire a life coach first and do the work um, before you're coaching other people. And that's the one I think that bothers me the most, I guess, is just because I feel um, like I really study the work and do the work. And I think a lot of the therapy profession looks at coaching as like a joke in some ways. Um, It always reminds me of this back and forth I had in high school. We had the cheerleaders and then we had here in the South, we have something called a drill team where it's just like a dance team. And we always like kind of did the same thing, but we always kind of like didn't like each other for some reason. (laughs) And that's kind of how I feel sometimes with therapy and coaching is that we all are in here to help people. But for whatever reason, there's beef between us for whatever reason. Um, And so those are the things that bother me the most. For other people, it's other things. um, But that's just my take on it. Yeah. And what so what is like, I guess, the process of a life coach? I mean, I don't want you to give too much away. um, But also like, what can people expect if they were to hire a life coach? Yeah. So everybody's coaching style is different and their process is different. It is just like a therapist. I mean, you can go and have very different types of therapy. And even though I had a bad therapy experience with my one therapist, you know, I've had other great experiences with them. I really think it's about the person and the process and the timing and all coming together to make a perfect storm. I can only talk to my process. So my process is um, a variety of programs and it's kind of a step-by-step process. And all the tools that I use are backed by neuroscience to work for the brain. Um, So I like that science aspect of everything because it is uncomfortable for a lot of people to step out and say, 
okay, not only am I going to ask for help, but I'm going to ask for help from a coach um, because it is, it's just different. And so um, knowing that what we're doing is backed by science and then two, knowing that there's steps involved and the first step that I have is pretty low cost. And so I always just say, come in and try it for 21 days and see what happens. And most people from that, they show up and then they start to see results and they get addicted to that. And so um, we continue to go from that. Is there a difference between like a brain coach and a life coach? I think at the end of the day, it is what what problems you have, what you're looking to solve. That's why with my client process, I have them take a free coaching assessment where they answer a few questions. And then if they make it through that, then we get on a call for about 45 minutes free and we talk about, okay, where are you now? What what goals do you have? And from that call, I can easily tell them, yes, I can help you or no, I really think you should work more with a business coach or I really think you're probably better for therapy right now or, oh, I have a coaching friend that I think would be better for you. Um, So again, it's very personalized in that way. Got it. Well, the listeners of this podcast primarily are between the ages of 22 and 34 years old. And they're making big decisions in their lives. And a lot of them are stressed and depressed and are, I guess, starting with a with a habit of anxiety. To those people kind of in that age range who are trying to figure everything out, who are who have so much on their shoulders, what would you say to someone who is going through a rough patch like that? Parker, that is such an excellent question. Uh, first off. Secondly, I just want to say I just had my 35th birthday last week, so I'm just now leaving that (laughs) phase of my life, and it's been so weird to me to look back on it and to say, oh my gosh, the dreams that I had when I was like 22, 23, 24 of how am I going to create this, what I called life I love, how am I going to do that, I've done. And it felt so scary in those years, even though you know I wasn't in necessarily a bad, bad place, but like your listeners or so it sounds like, you know, I felt anxious and I felt these waves of depression and, but yet outside everything looks great. Um, and I just couldn't shake it. And so I, the biggest tip that I have and what I would tell my former self too, is follow the intuition, follow those desires, whatever you want to call it. If you're being called for something more or something different, please follow that. Because if I had not followed that and just because I thought I was crazy, Parker, of like, why am I just not happy? I thought I was high maintenance. Like, I just thought I'm in this corporate job. I have this what I thought great relationship. Um, And had I not stood up for myself and gotten what I really wanted, I bet you right now I would be so miserable and still so sad and anxious and just feeling like um, the feeling I always described it. It was like I was getting a call for something different or more and the call wouldn't stop. And I kept trying to put down the phone of like, leave the call alone. I don't want it. Um, But I couldn't let it go. And so just, just follow that. And so for me... With that and following that, I was just led to the right teachers at the right time, um, especially with coaching. I mean, I just think coaching really was the thing that allowed me to thrive because I found coaching about 28, 29. And then, um, you know, now by 35, I just am like in awe some days of holy moly, how did I do this? Yeah. So do you, th- do you think what holds people back primarily is fear? 
maybe like from making that jump to doing what they love? Yeah, I think everybody's different. Um, but the core emotion I always go back to is fear. I might not come out as fear for a lot of people initially, it might come out as anger or sadness, but deep down, that's the core emotion of I fear doing blank because of blank. And a lot of that goes back to what I call mindset blocks of things we've programmed, especially in our childhood, because our childhood brain is not um, balanced yet. It's very highly emotional. And so when things happen to us, even if it's small, like someone makes fun of our outfit or we get a bad grade on a test, then things get programmed in the brain that's weird and funky. So for example, I talked to someone recently about they're wanting to public speak more and they know logically that's the next step for them. But something happened, I think it was in grade school where they went and spoke somewhere and they made a mistake and people laughed at her and her mom afterwards said, see, that's why we don't do things like that. And from that, she's just developed this big fear over it. And now it's coming to the surface knowing that this is the next step for her. So that's a lot of things that I'm working with my clients. They're like, oh, I just don't know why I'm not getting this relationship I want, or I'm just stuck in my career or a mix of some of that. And so you have to go in and say, okay, let's look at some of your core memories. We call, I call it the top 10 worst memories. And then from there, we pull their beliefs and then we're able to heal them and then reprogram them. Dang, that's just crazy. Because as you're saying that, like, I'm thinking of my own experiences and I'm like, wow, like I have that too. And I'm pretty sure... Everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. And everybody thinks they're over it. And logically, they can kind of look at it now as an adult and say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But believe it or not, there's that little kid in you still, whatever age it was that it happened, that's like just feeling like crap still. And I know that's so like feelery and woo-woo-y, but we have to go in and kind of look at that kid again and and heal that for that kid because it wasn't healed at the time. That's so true. So instead of being a nurse to like stitch up your wounds physically, it's kind of like being a medical professional for, I guess, your life and problems you've had in the past and how to get over it and how to go be your best self. But it's not really recognized by the medical profession right now. And that's why I said earlier, you know, it's very feelery or woo-woo-y. If you were to tell your doctor or most doctors that you were doing some of this stuff, they would totally blow it off. And what is the weirdest thing, Parker, is that a lot of times when people do this mindset work, their health changes. So for me, I had this hormone imbalance for months and the doctor was like, well, this is just what you're going to have now and we just got to learn to manage it. And after I did this work, it went away because it was deep down just some mindset stuff that had caused my body to do those things. And so that's why it's unfortunate sometimes I meet people who have all of these illnesses and um, they're just prescribing one thing after another. And it's unfortunate because it's like, oh, I wish I could get in their mind and reprogram it. When my McDonald's beatbox video went viral, I actually lost a decent amount of weight and I didn't change anything in my diet. I was just happy. (laughs) Wow, that's so cool. But it's crazy because like, I don't know the science behind that. I don't know like the, I guess, what changed other than the fact that I was happy and I finally felt in like an it position, as you've called it, where I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm called to do. And then my health totally started improving. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that because it's so true is that, you know, I go to different parts of the country and I have family in different parts and 
some parts it's just like you just go in and it's this wave of sadness almost of people who just think, oh, this is just what I have to do and get this job and they live, you know, borderline in poverty or just low income. And it's like life doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be. But they just didn't allow themselves at least an ounce to believe in that. And it was so cool, Parker, that you at least put that video out there because so many people wouldn't do that. Yeah. That's a whole big experience in and of itself, but it definitely wasn't always that way. You know, there was a whole rough patch where it's like, what is Parker up to? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Well, my parents were the same way when I came out and said, well, I'm going to be a life coach now and do this. My mom was not a happy camper. It was like, you have lost your minds, blah, 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 blah. And now they've come around to it. Even my I had a workshop out of town this weekend and my mom texted me for the first time ever. I think it's a good look at your workshop. And I was like, whoa, this is totally different. <laughs> um, so it is. And I'm glad you're saying that because it's really rough in the journey until you start to make it to the other side, you know, um, and you have to have confidence and faith and all of that stuff, even though you might not have it from the external world. True. And like Instagram, if you start with, you know, five followers, it's going to be a lot harder to sell things than when you have a million followers just because people piggyback off of what's succeeding. And if you don't have proof of success yet, then people tend to be less supportive. Yeah, so true. Awesome. So doing uh, your career now, what like really fuels you to keep going uh, even when it gets like super hard and busy? Well, for me, when I went through the coaching process and what I give my clients now is, you know, we work on mindset blocks and what's holding you back. And so that starts to kind of clear the air in essence to really start to figure out who they are on a deeper level because now there's not so many things blocking them from that. And so we do something called what I call the puzzle of their strengths and their values and their passions and their admiration and their legacy and all this kind of stuff they want to put together. And then from that, you kind of step back, you look at everything, you look at the patterns and you say, what is my life purpose? Like, why am I here? And for me, it was that I'm here to love and to cultivate love and to show people love. And, um, you know, in days that get really hard, I just think at the end of the day, I'm here for, I'm a kind of a spiritual person. So it's like, that's my spiritual journey to do that. Um, and to give that. And, um, I just stay focused on that even when clients, cause through the process, it gets hard sometimes. And sometimes, you know, they get mad at me because I'm not there to be their friend. Now, granted at the end, we normally end up friends, but during it, they're like, Oh, Lindsay, I hate you. Um, and so when we're in those periods, it is hard and it kills me. Um, but then when they come out of it, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Like I had a call, a group call last night with some clients and I have them start off the call with wins of things that went really well that week. And then one thing of gratitude and one of the clients said, I'm just so grateful for you and this process of learning these tools. And I said, well, tell me more. What makes you say that? And it came out that she's starting to trust other people more because she has learned to trust me and this process. And that's just opened up a whole new door for her because I've showed her, in essence, in my mind, what unconditional love looks like and what that can look like to have that kind of space with somebody and to trust somebody. So again, when I have those moments like that, it's just like, I just keep that in the forefront of my mind on days when a client says, um, you know, something really, really hard. Um, and then I just keep going. 
Awesome. Yeah, that's really good advice for anyone listening. Just whenever it gets hard, look back at the times uh, that it was super, super worth it and where you felt the most accomplished and remind yourself of your real intentions and why it is you do it. And then the hard parts become worth it. I love that. I want to ask a question too. Um, Have you picked primarily a women market? At this time, yes. I'm starting to get, and this has just happened in like the past two or three months of more men who want to work with me. The And I'm totally open to it. The problem is, is that my courses, the branding is feminine. The way I talk is specifically to women. Um, so I'm going to be rebranding them hopefully in 2020 and kind of opening the market a little bit with that. Um, it's just tricky too, because I have a community of all these people. And I think talking just with women, it allows them to share things that maybe they wouldn't share if a man was around. So I just have to figure out what that looks like, Parker. But definitely the content itself at its core is for any human being that wants to grow. Okay. Awesome. Good to know. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we touched on that because I was going to say, I really, really like the content. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's so motivational for anyone. But at the same time, I think sometimes it's good to just have exclusive exclusive stuff like this is just a, a women thing and this is just a men thing. Like sometimes that's totally necessary, I feel like. Yeah. And to be honest, too, it's been my own mindset blocks of I feel really comfortable with women and that's where I wanted to start. And now that I've gotten a good groove, it's become, okay, I think I could work with some men and see what that looks like um, and see what that feels like and if I like it. That makes sense. Well, when I read when I read your bio, like I was super hooked just because I was like, I got to talk more to the women listeners. <laughs> like I haven't had a ton of women guests on the show and that really, really hooked me. And I just, I really owe a lot of who I am and what I'm doing to my mom. And she's just a freaking bad A, you know, like she's She's always worked super hard. And I think growing up, if she had someone like you, things would have been a lot, a lot better, you know? Oh, that's great, Parker. And I remember you telling me a little bit about your mom and how um, she overcame so much. And, you know, that time wasn't that long ago. And yet there was so much more they had to overcome. I've been listening to a podcast recently of Family Secrets is what it's called. And I'm not paid to promote this, but I'm just addicted to it. And it's talking about like how a lot of adoptions happened and, you know, kids that weren't the fathers that they said they were. And a lot of that was because women weren't given the rights that they have today um, to just be themselves and to get support. Um, they were just really treated like second class citizens in a lot of ways, even here in the U.S., just, you know, a decades ago. And um, I even felt that, you know, when I went through my divorce, it was just kind of a, oh, honey, well, this is just what men do. And, you know, you got to pick up the pieces. And I was like, oh, heck no. Like, this is not okay. Um, and this is, and I see other women being treated this way. And it's like, you don't have to be treated this way. You don't have to put up with this stuff. And that really became my first mission of why I started working with women too, was like, I don't want any woman to put up with this kind of crap ever in their lives. Yeah. No, like no one deserves that. And I mean, I saw it firsthand in my life and it's hard. I mean, ultimately it's weird because I'm kind of grateful for everything that happened because it it led to where we are now, but 
yeah, it always hurts to go through that. It always hurts to see other people go through those those times. Yeah. Are there any like qualities about your parents that you really admired that that you appreciate now and that you kind of try to work on yourself? Yeah. So growing up in my house was interesting. <laughs> um, so my parents didn't really have a lot of financial stability growing up, and my dad didn't have a dad. Um, he his dad kind of left when him and his sister and his brother were little and never came back. And so my, my grandmother was in the, um, early mid sixties raising these three kids alone. And so that was a lot for her. Um, and I think about her and I think about my mom too, a lot as I do this business of, you know, my mom, um, is a very emotional person. And so that was hard growing up because she didn't know how to handle her emotions. And so sometimes they, you know, she would lash out on us and things of that sort. So I never really felt emotional support. I felt criticized a lot from her. Um, and the reality was, is like, she just didn't have the space or didn't feel the permission to have those qualities. She just felt like she had to stuff them. Um, and so, um, again, those are the best qualities I think of when I'm building my businesses that I don't want, again, women to go through the experiences my grandmother or my mom went through. And my mom, too, really had to work on her work-life balance. Like, she wanted to have a rocking career, but she didn't feel like she got enough support at home. And so she gave up a lot of those dreams. And um, I knew when I went into this, I didn't want to look back and think, man, I should have, could have, would have what would it have been? And so, yeah, those are the things that I really carry with me today a lot. Awesome. I love that. Do you, like, what dreams did you have that you would say you've accomplished and what dreams do you still have yet to achieve? Yeah. So accomplished wise is, you know, I talk about when I was, you know, my early to mid twenties, it was, okay, I want to create this life that I love in essence, but I don't know how to do that. I don't even really know what that looks like. I just know that it's not this, that it's this superficial check off your boxes life where everything looks good on Facebook because we didn't have Instagram at the time. Um, and uh, I've done that. You know, I figured out what it was that I really wanted career wise and what I wanted with my family. So I'm now remarried. I have a great relationship. I've had a son recently. He's about 16 months now, I think. Um, my daughter's nine and she's doing well. I've healed from that horrible relationship with her dad and her and I, her dad and I actually co-parent very well. And there's no blood, bad blood between us there. And that was huge for me to overcome that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the biggest things that I look back on and I think, wow, I've really done it. And two, there were just these little inklings of dreams as a kid of knowing like I wanted to speak, but I didn't know what that looked like. I thought maybe I wanted to be a teacher. I really loved psychology without knowing what psychology was. And I just kind of put that all together in my career and I'm doing it. Um, I just still am in awe all the time of, I can't believe I do this. I can't believe I do this because I just didn't see that model growing up. Um, and to like, I had a workshop, I said this weekend where, you know, the room is packed. We had a sold out crowd and they're asking me questions just to pick my brain about their careers and their lives. And I just think, 
whoa, like I'm the person now that's like the, you know, quote expert. I mean, that's just crazy (laughs) to me that I went from that to this kind of lost 25 year old who was pregnant and not married and figuring out what to do and trying to make the relationship with her dad work. I mean, now full circle, I'm just like, wow, I just can't believe I did this. So that's what I've accomplished so far. Um, And then what's next is I kind of go back and forth, honestly, Parker. You know, I think it's just expanding the network and things of that sort. But like I said, I had a big workshop this weekend and I thought I would enjoy the travel piece of it and um, the size of it. And honestly, it was a little overwhelming for me and it might just be some growing pains. um, But I really had to sit and think, is this really where I want to go? Because what I love the most is helping women from my home and getting that depth with them and um, doing that. So it's just, it's tricky. Like I try and dream what's next, but um, I just go with my gut and what feels good. Awesome. I love that. Well, you really are an inspiration. So I appreciate, like, I feel honored to have you on the show. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, and uh, okay. So let's kind of wrap it up though. I've got some like quicker, more fun like on the spot questions. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So if you could make one rule for everyone to follow from now on, what rule would you make? I would make the rule that you have to look at your brain and understand your brain and how it works because I think that would solve so many problems in the world. Awesome. I agree. Uh, Do you have a favorite word? Probably unstoppable. Unstoppable. Nobody has ever said unstoppable, so that's awesome. Interesting, yeah. Uh, Favorite TV show right now, or do you or do you not watch TV? I don't really watch TV, but I do love The Crown on Netflix, and that has been off for like two years, so I'm counting down until November when it comes back on. (laughs) (laughs) I have never heard of that, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's, it's good. Favorite social media platform? Instagram. Instagram. What's your Instagram? How can people get a hold of you there? Yeah, so it's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-E, Preston is my handle. Cool. And this is a a last one that I haven't asked as much uh, in the history of my show, but I've been more in love with the question now, so I want to start asking it. But do you have a bucket list and what's something you're proud to say you've crossed off and something you still really want to cross off? I don't necessarily have a bucket list, but I have like a want to do list. I don't know if that's that's pretty much the same thing. Um, But I went to Bora Bora for my honeymoon. I didn't even know Bora Bora existed until the travel agent brought it up as a honeymoon option. (laughs) And we looked it up and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And we went and it was Parker out of this world amazing. It was like heaven on earth, just walking off the plane there. It was so crazy. I can't even put words around how crazy cool it was. Awesome. Y'all have to (laughs) get there someday. (laughs) Cool. Well, what other ways can people get a hold of you or uh, contact you? I want want this to be where you plug yourself and and say whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. So as I said earlier, I work 
primarily now with, with women and they're women who are ambitious. They're ready to kind of look at some of the crap that's holding them back and ready to do the work to do that. Um, and so the best place to find me is my website, honestly. It's lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-E, Preston.com. And on my website, you'll see more about me, obviously, and you'll see my podcast links and all that fun stuff. But also on there is a free coaching assessment. If you feel like we could be a good fit, if you've heard today the process and you think that would be a great process for you, go take that assessment. It takes just a few minutes. And then from that, um, if we're deemed a good fit, you'll gain access to my calendar and we'll do a discovery call, talk about your goals, talk more about coaching, your budget, and then kind of go from there. Um, so that's the best way to reach me. Obviously, Instagram is my favorite social place. And so I gave my handle there, but those are the best too. And then my podcast, um, Become an Unstoppable Woman, you can find on podcast players or on my website. Become an unstoppable woman. I mean, I'm not a yeah. woman, but if you ever want a beatboxer on your show, I'm down to help out. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Well, thanks, Lindsay, for being on Upbeat. I appreciate it. I know you brought a ton of value and I just can't thank you enough. Thank you, Parker. All right. There's my interview with Lindsay Preston. Again, thank you, Lindsay, for being on the show. I appreciate it. To everyone listening, thank you for being here and for supporting this podcast. It means the world to me. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and a review. I'd appreciate it. Uh, And you guys have a good week. I'll see you next week. (laughs) 